Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. And good morning, Stacking the Box. One day late. It's going to be the best Stacking the Box ever because you've had 24 hours to really, really delve into what we're doing. Special guest on the show, Annie Agar from Bally Sports, from social media, from everywhere around the internet. And uh, hey, Verderam, congratulations, buddy. You are now super followable on Twitter. I, That's a big move, buddy. I am. Um, yeah, Twitter made it great and allowed people to super follow me, which... I'm still kind of figuring out exactly how that all works. Basically, I'm just going to give a lot of uh, extra content for like five bucks a month on Twitter. That's basically how this is going to play out. So it's going to be a couple extra spaces. And uh, I'm trying to work on a few other things as well to kind of make it more interactive. Um, have a few that's, that have jumped on so far, and, and I'll make it worth a while. Gave away a Jamal Charles jersey, actually. It says a thank you. So I thought that was cool. Um, yeah, it's been... It's been cool. It's been different. Um, and I, I I don't know why Twitter allowed me to do that, but fair enough. So hold on. You got you got reached out to by Twitter saying, hey, buddy, we love your work. We want to make you super followable. It, it wasn't quite worded like that. But essentially, um, it was um, – it, it, I, got, I got a notification saying that I'm eligible to have super followers – uh, and or ticketed spaces. And I guess I'm on some kind of a wait list for ticketed spaces, although I'm not even sure if I'll ever do that. But uh, Super Follows, yeah, it's just uh, they gave me the access to do it. And I was like, well, I, if I can do it, why not? Like, I don't see any downside to it. Um, I'm not I'm not going to cut back on my regular, like, run-of-the-mill content. It's just more if you want to Super Follow me. So, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Didn't expect that, but uh, yeah, why not? Why not give a little more to the people if they want to, you know, throw a couple bucks my way? Appreciate that as well. Well, congratulations, buddy. You're doing great work. Your spaces are awesome. You're adorable, and most importantly, of course, is you all need to be here 11 o'clock on Tuesdays, except Wednesdays on the week of Fourth of July, uh, right here on Stacking the Box. Gonzo, good to see you. Joshua, welcome in. Devin, same to you, buddy. Everybody who's new, hit that subscribe button, and uh, we appreciate you being a part of the show here. Uh, as we we grind, we trickle, we slowly move our way towards training camp. A lot on the show today, uh, including Annie, who we're hoping to have at any moment here. But, um, you know, Verderam, I, I do, before we get into franchising uh, a bunch of guys and who's going to have a bigger year, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert, right. I just want to uh, give congratulations. We're having a, we're doing a DeWindy today at 5 o'clock uh, Frozen carb, great. No, you're good. You're good now. You froze okay. for a quick second. You're fine. All right. Okay. I apologize. So continue to talk about it. No, you're good. You're good. The, the Windy City. What do we the got? Windy at five. Jay Cutler was in town. He won a cornhole competition. And he, and he spoke about Justin Fields. And he said that, hey, 
don't do the same damn thing that they did with me and have 17,000 offensive coordinators and coaches. That didn't work out. So I thought it was a good message from Cuddy, and he's still out there doing the cornhole. I don't know your cornhole talents, but shout out to Cuddy. You know, I, I do enjoy a good game of cornhole, um, although back in New York it's called bags. Nobody, cor- nobody calls it cornhole. But uh, I, I think Jay Cutler – Maybe in this case, he's right. I mean, I agree with him, but it's the same point. I also feel like, is he really the one you want giving a franchise quarterback advice? Like nobody's, I shouldn't say this. Let me rephrase that. Very few guys have done less with more talent. So I I agree. Hannon of an arm, like, and he was basically Jeff George. Yeah. And Brian Urlacher was just on uh, Barstool talking about it, saying that, hey, in practice, I was like, this guy is unbelievable. I can't believe he just made that throw. And a lot of people banged on Cutler in Chicago because he bailed out of an NFC championship game against the Packers. People are like, ah, oh, he's a wimp. He sucks. He's not tough. It's like, no, 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 no. Jay Cutler was tough. Jay Cutler took a lot of hits. Jay Cutler played through pain. Jay Cutler just was not a leader. Jay Cutler uh, believed in his talent a little bit too much. That's how I would break it down. Um and Jay Cutler did not have the best of it in Chicago either. Let's 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 be honest here, but uh, he he wasn't exactly set up for success. Although there was a very good defense there, and he had some offensive talent at different points. But he also was like he bet on guys like Brandon Marshall, who's now an interesting person in the media space. But uh, any rate, just I, I figured we'd shout out Cuddy to start the show here just for a second. It's interesting though. And by the way, um, Brandon Marshall's really good in the media space. Really good. Like yeah. one of the people I enjoy listening to the most um, has the I am athlete pod. She does a really nice job on Cutler just, but to, to speak on Cutler real quick and then we'll just move on. But it, you know what? It's just, he's a, he's a guy who I look at and I look back on and I say, he could have been great. He was merely good. Wasn't terrible. It was just good. But now we can welcome in our guest. We talked about was coming on earlier. And that is the esteemed Annie Agar from Valley Sports. Annie, welcome. What's going on? Hello, guys. How are you? Good, good. Can't complain. Are you, you're based out of Chicago, correct? I am, yes. I'm back in Michigan actually at the time now, though, because of Fourth of July weekend. So, are, are, wait, are we in the childhood bedroom of Annie Agar right now? Because that's what it feels this, like. The guys, this is where the magic happened, this is where the video started. So, <laughs> We got roots right here. This is big. I don't know if anybody else has gotten this viewpoint. I think uh, stacking the box could really go to the next level here, Verderam. Annie, like we're seeing, like you could just visions of nine-year-old Annie right there. Right. Absolutely. Yep. So, this is uh, that's what's funny too. People are like, "Oh, where did you get the idea to start these videos?" And you know, where did this all kind of start? And I'm like, "Well, I moved back home with my family because of COVID, so it basically started in my childhood bedroom." So <laughs> it's a great origin story, I think. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, and obviously now you, you work with Valley Sports, and and you've done so many things on social media. But for people who don't know, uh, I mean, Annie, really, you you got your start just like you said. I mean, doing these, I believe the first one really that took off was a college football video, and then it became NFL and so on and so forth. Um, I'm sure you've gotten this question a million times, but how like how stunned were you the first time one of them went viral, and it it just went from being like this fun thing that you made and you put together to being like, wow, I'm getting a lot of attention for this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you said, it was the, the first one was Big Ten video. And I, I honestly didn't go in having a script. I didn't really plan out what I was going to do. I just knew 
that I, I just had gotten on TikTok and I just knew that there was a an avenue that people needed this this comedic relief during COVID. And we weren't really talking about sports because nothing was going on. We just had gotten ready to cover spring games in Michigan, um, like Michigan, Michigan State, and they, you know, everything came to a stop. So I saw the Big Ten because this is the area I grew up in and I kind of knew the dynamic of, you know, the hatred that Michigan State has for Michigan and Ohio State and that kind of dynamic and saw that that would be hilarious to put in a Zoom video um, on TikTok. And TikTok was a great avenue for it. So I just did it just to kind of put it out there and see if people liked it, if that was kind of, you know, this comedy thing that, that I could maybe go into. Didn't really think much of it at all. And someone had actually put it on Twitter. I didn't even tweet it out. Um, and I was getting tagged in it. And all of a sudden that was blowing up. So I quote tweeted it and put it out there myself. And that just, I mean, within 24 hours had 2 million views. So unbelievable reception of that video. And that kind of made me think, okay, there is this um, need for a little bit of comedy right now. I think we all kind of need to laugh. And it, it was a great connecting thing because people didn't, other than COVID, we weren't talking about anything really. Um, so it was a great way to bring Big Ten, Big Ten fans together. So I started doing more conferences and it just kind of led from there. But that was that, that Big Ten video was the, the reason that I kind of do what I do now. And it just, I, I could not believe that it blew up the way that it did. Well, as someone who grew up in Chicago, uh, went to Iowa and has rooted for Northwestern. You're very um, sad. My entire life because you love the underdog. You, I know you're an Ohio State fan, Annie, and I, and we, we can uh, sort of. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get that underdog mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have any of that. But uh, and by the way, Ohio State fans, I would say of all the fans that come into Ryan Field, uh, the Ohio State fans may actually be the most obnoxious and the most drunk. Uh, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that doesn't surprise you in any way, shape, or form. By the way, um, not at all. Not yeah, at all. Yeah. I have stories I could tell you yeah, about that. For sure. Right, but but what you what I got out of the video is that you really understood different personality types the the what really sort of you know was behind many of the kids that chose those schools so like it was you were able to i it was easily identifiable because it was spot on so i don't know where you get the credit of like the understanding of the the human being as well as you did but that's what i think that's one of the reasons why that thing went so big Thank you. Yeah. And I try, I try to do that with my NFL videos too. You know, it's not so much just making the jokes that maybe I would make or being super biased. You know, I can make a million jokes about Michigan fans and think it's a hilarious video, but obviously that's such a small dynamic that I'm going to hit that. Now it's only going to hit target, you know, half the big 10 Michigan fans are going to hate me probably already do, but that's beside the point. Um, but, but it's fun to do these videos because I try and really get in the head of the fan. So I will sit on, Twitter, I'll sit on Reddit, you know, whatever to get in, in that fan and not just make jokes about what happened during those games that week, but also reference, you know, um, inside jokes that the fan base has, like there's certain Eagles fans are brutal, you know, like there's certain inside jokes that each fan base has that I really try and tap into. So it's a, a lot of research goes into it. And like I said, the big 10 came a little bit easier because I knew already kind of what each fan base was like. Um, but for certain, like, like the NFCs, for example, I didn't know a ton about those fan bases. And now I feel like I'm a part of each one. So I try and really show that in my videos. Before we move off this, Varen, let's just jump in once. Yeah. USC and UCLA in the Big Ten. It's almost worse than Rutgers. I just it's 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 really the end. No, nothing we, is worse than trade, Rutgers. Can we trade Maryland and Rutgers for those two? No, right, I'll sure. Like if they if you know, that had been the way they did it, like I'd still be extremely offended because it's all about money and but college sports yeah, is basically over. But that that's just that that's that is like pure death. Well, that not so, and football might not be so bad, but think of like a softball team, right? Right. Traveling right. five hours across the country for no, like this can be miserable. I, I 
I actually think and, it's, and Washington and Oregon are quick to follow, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the Pac-12 is about to be the, the Sun Belt Conference. But, I, yeah. you know, look, it, it's funny, Carm, you brought that up because I am, as of course, as, as Carm knows, I'm from New York. I'm, I, I, I grew up an hour away from Rutgers. And I didn't know that. Okay. Rutgers, Rutgers is academically great. It's not even a school in terms of athletics. <laughs> um, it's like people went there accidentally and just got together and put on the same uniforms. But like, <laughs> it's, it's going to well, be so I, I great. Don't... To watch Rutgers go to USC and just get pounded by 80 points on, on a on a yearly basis. But it, I always think about like now looking at the Big Ten, think about it like from a monopoly board standpoint, right? Like you have like Baltic Avenue, which is Rutgers, right? Maryland is maybe somewhere over like Connecticut Avenue. And now you've yeah. brought in like boardwalk and park place, and it's just gonna be right. a murder scene on an annual basis. I uh I'm kind of here for it. In an odd way, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. kind of I'm ready for these glitzy, glamorous West Coast schools to go play Nebraska. Uh-huh. Like that is going to be awesome oh. to watch. It'll it'll be a reality check, I'm sure. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of, when they're when they're in uh, in negative twenty degree weather in November, yeah. um, that that will not be enjoyable for them. And I don't I don't see their fans traveling very well for those games. That's that's the actually the bright side. If I was to try to be positive about this. Oh, sweet. I get to fly out to California and hang out with, uh, you know, the Bruins and USC and everything that goes along with that. That's probably exciting for some kids right now. Yeah. What are are you talking about? You don't think Iowa's fun to travel to? (laughs) Hey, easy. Iowa City, underrated. Have you been there, Annie? Have you been to Iowa City? No, I've never okay. been. All right. I've driven through, and I feel like that was a Iowa. Iowa. But that's neither here nor there. Um, So – Look, let's go to the NFL. I'm curious your thoughts. I'm like 99 percent sure you're a Packers fan. Carm is a Bears fan. Who is he is in deep pain as per the usual, being a Bears fan. No, you know, Carm. I was feeling bad about our wide receiver situation, and then I look at the Bears, and I feel so much better. So thank you for that. I I really appreciate that. You don't believe in Darnell Mooney as a true number one? No, I do, but that's literally the only person oh. I believe in on that court. Okay, okay, I don't. Darnell I don't. Mooney doesn't believe in Darnell Mooney. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's let's be real. You got the, you got Darnell Mooney, the worst uh, St. Brown out of the family. It's a great it's a great system you got. There. Listen, Byron Pringle's doing donuts with his kid in the car. We we've got this. yeah we we've got this. This is listen. I I don't feel bad. I just feel like it's a normal state. And she Andy's not a Packer fan. Aren't you a Lions fan? Oh no. You gave that up. No, no. There's actually a funny story behind that. Okay, I'll my share bad. Real quickly. Uh, my family are all diehard Lions fans, okay. big time Lions fans. And my best friend was from Wisconsin. Her family was born and raised. When I was growing up, she lived across the street from me, and I'd go over to her house on weekends. I was seven or eight, so I was just kind of getting into football a little bit. And I remember, dead serious, I came back one weekend. I looked at my mom, and I was like, they don't cry on Sundays over there. And she's like, that's because they're Packers fans. Cause my brother would cry every Sunday. And I'm like, I, I'm not doing that. I don't like that. So I just, I jumped on that bandwagon and it, I wouldn't even call it that because it was the Brett Favre era. And I, and I kind of went like Aaron Rodgers wasn't really a big part of it yet. So I, I'm, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I'll say that I'm a diehard because I think I am because I never really was into the Lions. So that's the story there. Uh, I still, I, I, I like the Lions. I like to see them do well. I don't hate them like I hate the Bears and Vikings. So sorry about that, but no, yeah. no apologies. Lions it, are it is child abuse. It, I see that comment. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cheeto freak, you're 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 spot on. I really do feel like there are some fan bases that at this point it's almost more like you're not rooting for a team. It's almost like shared therapy, and mm-hmm. 
the yes. Lions, the, the Lions, like it's almost worse, I think, in some ways. Like, all right, if you're a Bills fan right now, you're very hopeful because they're favorites and they're great. But like, if you're a Bills fan of, of I don't know, of a certain age, you're 40 years old, that has got to be torture. Right, like you have come so close. Same, same Browns fans, same kind right, of thing. Right, the Browns who have had all these like horrible losses in their history. Like, if you're a Lions fan, what is the worst loss you've ever had? Some game in Week Eight. Go for the it. Owen sixteen season. Owen sixteen season. I, but that I think, but I think that was a that was a bonus for them because they actually broke a record. Right, <laughs> they mattered. We've done it. On the impossible. People, they, were, people they mattered. About what the Lions were doing in December that year for the first time in 50 seasons. Like, <laughs> the Lions literally have not mattered since the advent of color TV. Like, it, I mean, they have never mattered. Whereas the Browns, the Bills, Minnesota, who've had these brutal losses, like, over the years. I am mm-hmm. a Chiefs fan. I went through years of hell with that team before they got mm-hmm. Mahomes. Like, like, games, like, playoff games, horrible losses – I yeah. almost feel like it'd be less painful to just be a Lions fan or like what the Cardinals were for 70 years. Like right. it's, you just, it's irrelevant. Like you don't like as like almost like what it is for me as a Knicks fan. The Knicks mm-hmm. suck. I'm yeah. never in any yeah. real and pain with that. I, th- I think that's the consensus is it's just kind of they're hope They are hopeful at the start of the season, especially this year, Dan Campbell, like fired them up a lot. So they're very hopeful, but they, there's always this underlying doubt where they just think, this is they're just gonna have a horrible season and i can feel it during thanksgiving believe it or not it is the funniest thing all my fa- my family comes over we're having a great thanksgiving you know we're ready to eat food my mom will will plan out when we eat uh with halftime because she knows at halftime everybody's done the game's over everybody's angry they just want to go eat food so it's hilarious that's just the that is the detroit vibe well, not then- to say detroit fans aren't the best because they are some of the best fans i, I absolutely love them they're like the hardest working you know diehard fans but they're just they're in pain constantly. So for 24/7. you guys, you you guys don't on Thanksgiving. You don't even bother to pray before the meal. You just pray before the game. Uh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, there. Yes, that's that's a great point, Matt. There is a lot of praying that happens on Thanksgiving. A lot of Day. pain. A lot of a lot of kind of coming to terms. Um, <laughs> you give thanks when the game's over. I, I. So what are you looking forward to most this season? Obviously, I know, you know, look, uh, you know, we've got to know each other a little bit, Sharon agent. And I know, you know, you were at the Super Bowl last year. I was there covering the game as well. Obviously, you for Bally, myself for Fanside. Um, and we got to see a pretty good game. The Rams held on. Well, I shouldn't say held on. They came back. They won the game. They right. beat Cincinnati. Um, what do you think of the, the way the NFL season is setting up this year? Do you see it as – you know, the Bills or maybe the Bucks or somebody else is a clear favorite, or do you see it more as like, look, there are a lot of different teams that you could see getting to Glendale this year and being in Super Bowl 57? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this season. I mean, we saw this offseason, all the, the, the trades that happened, all these free agencies. So it's been an insane offseason, probably one of the craziest ones we've seen. Um, I'm really excited. Is it the Sunday night game that's Bills, um, Bills Rams? The, or what, 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 the opener. That's the opener. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I mean, that's a great start of the season already. Um, I'm I'm really excited to see the AFC is so stacked. I And I think everybody, I don't know, I'm excited to see what Russ does. Like, I'm, I'm really excited to see how he does. Um, in that division alone is going to be absolutely insane. People are saying, like, the Raiders are going to take that division. Like, it's so up in the air. Um, and I just, I can't wait to see how it all plays out. Colin Coward came out the other day and said he thinks Russ is, like, top five quarterback. Like, he's going to have an absolutely amazing year. And stuff like that can totally 
not what we're expecting to see. Like we're, we're expecting the bills are going to be great. Right. We're going to expect to see the Rams do well. The Bengals are going to be interesting. They can get, you know, a great O line and all that kind of thing. But I am excited to see all of these, these things happen that we weren't really planning on. Like, can the Packers actually win an NFC North game? That's going to be or an NFC divisional game. That's going to be great. I'm excited to see things happen that we haven't seen before, because I think teams are really figuring it out. Um, and then there's the the predictable things like the Jets are probably not going to do great again this year. Uh, will I draft any Jets players in fantasy? Probably not. Maybe Elijah Moore. That's about it. But stuff like that. I'm I'm really excited to see things play out that haven't happened yet before. Oh. And 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 speaking of the Raiders, someone said something about the Raiders. Uh, Devontae Adams. I just I just want to say that I miss him and I hope he does well. <laughs> I think he will. Do. He's. It's an interesting. Who will pass for more yards this year, Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers? Uh, which is a which is a crazy question. Well, to even apparently say. they're very close, according to Devontae. So they're like the same person. Right. Right. Which is uh, hey, you know, you're, if you're in the if you're getting good in the bunker, get in the bunker. Derek Carr's your guy. I got it. That like because what what else is he going to say? Like no, he's not even close. Right. Right. Like, I get it. Well, it's a relationship. You, you're you're moving on, buddy. This is this is yeah. your new thing. I, I let me let me give you two questions around a tough topic. One, what do you think the NFL is going to do with Deshaun Watson in the inter in the immediate? And what in your mind, what do you think they should do? <sighs> That's such a tough thing. I mean, yeah, I think you have to suspend him. Like you have to. I, I think this this whole year, um, in my that's just in my mind. You you can't let it go because I, I can see I've looked on Twitter and what people have said and I see it both ways and m- the majority of the comments are he's guilty, suspend him. But which could be you know fans of other teams that don't want to see him play because I think he'll have a great year if he does play. But then there's the guys that are like, oh, it's you know, uh, it's just these, these women coming forward. Like there's no if he's paid him off, whatever they've settled, all this kind of stuff. I think you have to suspend him just to. That's because that's in the NFL. What it, you know, they're not going to let these things go, and then it happens again, and they don't suspend the guy. It's just going to be an ongoing thing, making people angry. So I think he gets suspended. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's their starting quarterback because they handled the Baker Mayfield situation so well. Um, and I, but I mean, I think that's just how it, it has to happen. I think he has to get suspended, in my opinion. The, the Baker Mayfield thing—that's got to be like the, the dream of all dreams for you, for the content oh, you make. Like that—that's got to. I mean, you're going to be—you're going to be able to make content <laughs> off of that for the next ten years. It is chef's kiss because I couldn't, I cannot stand Baker Mayfield. <laughs> sure. He's a great guy. I'm sure that has nothing. Also, when I make fun of these guys, I always say like, there's nothing to do with the guys. Like I absolutely love the guys, but if you do something wrong, I'm going to make fun of you. Uh, Baker Mayfield, when he was in college, when he planted the flag on Ohio state's field after the game, ever since then, couldn't stand the guy. So obviously he's been the butt of several jokes that I have made and will make. Um, but this whole situation is hilarious. And it, the bad, the, the bad thing is it's more on the Browns than Baker. It's like being in a bad relationship. And then they're like, well, uh, we're going to go find better. And then they come back and they're that they just screwed over the whole relationship. So in my mind, the Browns kind of screwed that up um, because they're a very poverty franchise, but that's beside the point. Um, Baker also didn't handle it well when he came out with that apology. So yeah, it's just been, it's been perfect quality content that I can work off of. And I'm going to carry that through the season hundred percent. And I knew this off season, all we'd be talking about was Baker. So it kind of works well. It's funny What's, that that analogy, ahead. sorry, that, that analogy actually works like the bad relationship thing, because it reminds me almost of like maybe you're in a college bar and you've broken up with somebody and then that person comes in and, you know, like the, the person they're with is just a disaster. It's a total right. disaster. they're chain smoking, you know, like they're like they're they're you know, they're, they're I guess, you know, they're, like their they're, they're pants are on. But it's, too, it's a, too it's many massages. Right. Like just, it's, yeah. Everything's a mess. And you're looking at it, and I guess in this case from Baker Mayfield's perspective, and you're like, wow, that's 
that's not great. I don't feel terrible about this. But then you might get traded to Carolina, which is like the football equivalent of someone smoking like four packs a day. So it's like, did you upgrade? Or is, is it a lateral move? Like I, if I'm Baker, I really feel this way. Like if the, look, let's say, let's say Watson gets suspended for a year. As much yep. as if I'm Baker Mayfield, I absolutely hate the Browns. I, yep. I would tell them, look, I will, I will loathe you privately, but I'll deal with you for the year because I yeah. would much rather have the supporting cast I have in Cleveland than go oh, to yeah. Carolina and win six games and then go be a backup quarterback somewhere. Like if I'm him, I would almost want to play in Cleveland as a middle finger to the organization. Be great yeah. if he, if he can do it and then go make his money. But I, that's why I'm wondering if it's an ego thing, because then yeah. that like the whole dating thing, that's like going back to your ex and saying, yeah, well, I couldn't find better basically. So you're, I'm stuck with you. And I don't know. I don't know if Baker would do that. I, I mean, what do they own? They, he's still guaranteed 19 mil. Like yeah. you just as the craziest situation to me that they burned that bridge so badly. And he came out and said that it would take the, like the Browns would really have to reach out. And I think both of them have such big egos. That's just not going to happen. Question for you guys. Is this an upgrade if Carolina goes with Baker over? over, over <laughs> They're Sam? a lovely little situation right now. I, I would say yes. And, but just to weigh in my thoughts on Baker, like, look, I don't care if I go to the CFL. I am not playing for you. You went out and gave this dude $230 million with 24 civil suits on him. Uh, I, it's, it's the most offensive thing you could have possibly done. There is no way I'm ever wearing your uniform again. That's how I would look yeah, at it. I, I'll yeah. say, yeah, he's, I mean, Sam Darnold is terrible. Uh, oh, right. Baker Mayfield is decent. So, yeah. From that, or you, or you get a rookie guy that you know you don't know how he's going to. Yeah, do you have third round Matt Corral, who like you're basically just polishing up your resume at that point if you're Matt Rule. So I, I think yeah, like it makes sense if you're them. Like you might win seven or eight games with Baker, yeah. which is which is probably double what you're going to win with Sam Darnold. That, right. but I, you know, I, I think in the end, like the, the bottom line is no matter how this plays out, the Browns just inexplicably screw things up more than any Francis. Like, like we talked about the Lions earlier. The Lions fan has to be looking at the Browns right now and going, wow, thank God we're not that, right? Yeah. Which, which is really quite a bar if the Lions can say it about you. I, I just think in the end of this, like I wonder if people remember at the end of when Watson was, was making his decision of where he was going to go, which is a fascinating sen- sentence on its own when you're considering the predicament he's been in. Um, the Browns were out. Like the Browns, mm-hmm. it was reported like they're out, they're out, they're out. I would have paid good money to have been a fly on the wall of that organization from the 24 hours they were out to when they actually traded for him. Like, right. you know, at some point there was a call from like Jimmy or D Haslam into the building, like, look, whatever it takes. Yeah. And you know, somebody there was probably like, this is a terrible idea. And like, it doesn't matter. Do it. And well, because they already. They burned that bridge with Baker because he came out with the apology before yep. they did not the apology, but the like the the letter letter, letter like yeah. great, it was great, you know, working with the Browns, whatever. So they you knew that they'd done something to to burn that bridge. So maybe they told Baker, hey, no matter what, we're going to Sean. And then they just had to throw money at him because yep. they they screwed it up so much that they're like, well, we got to pay him what he wants now. Way far over what he probably expected to get. 
and just completely screwed themselves. I think it's just the it is just the saddest and funniest thing, but so on brand, so on brand for Cleveland. Well, so. can, can we just stay in that division for one second and, and uh, get your thoughts on whether Mitch Trubisky is going to prove that the Bears were actually completely incompetent and that's just going to take off in Pittsburgh? I hope he does. I mean, the, Kenny Pickett was, you know, it's been third string so far. So that all signs are pointing to Trubisky, who I'm not at all betting on, but oh. I, I find it to be fascinating. Yeah, well, I feel like if Mitch gets beat out by Kenny Pickett with his tiny little hands, um, that will be the biggest ego shot ever. But uh, but no, what's the consensus from, from what I'm getting from moving to Chicago? Chicago fans do not hate Trubisky, which was very shocking to me because I thought you all did. And there is a split there. It's it's more. Yeah. It's not so much a hate of Trubisky. It's more of a hate of Ryan Pace. Just, it's of of Matt Nagy. That that is the true hate. Like higher like, organization, right? I mean. That's- yeah. I mean, Mitch, you're a nice guy. You didn't do anything wrong. You probably weren't given the best. You weren't given the best circumstances. Let's say it accurately. It's probably not fair yeah. to him. But I, I don't think there's a lot. If you've polled Bears fans, will Mitch Trubisky be successful in Pittsburgh? I'd say that 90 percent would say no. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like the system thing, I think I think Tomlin, I think they'll have a better system for him. Um, and work him a little bit better. And I see the comment. I think he, yes, well, I don't know if he'll get the complete respect that he's due because I don't know how much respect he's due. But um, I think he'll be better than he was for the Bears. I, I'm interested to see how that, we just know he'll at least be more mobile than Big Ben. So there's a win. That's it. And, and, and a better arm at the end of his career by, like a, a, by, a, by a long shot. Come on, Mitch. We'll if you, check yeah. if you put Patrick Mahomes in a body cast, he might have a better arm and, and more mobility than Roethlisberger at the end of his career. Like, I, I remember watching. Roethlisberger was in a body cast half the time. <laughs> like watching him in the last two seasons, I've never seen a guy in the NFL wind up like he's throwing a javelin like 80 yards downfield and the ball would go 19 yards. And it took him 30 seconds to do it every time. That's why I firmly believe Juju Smith-Schuster, and I'm not a fantasy guy, yeah. if Juju plays 17 games this year, I think he's going to have like 1,300 yards. Like just based off the fact the last two years, he's basically just got to take a break. Like, yeah. There's no, I mean, when is the last time that man's run a go route? But, but that's, yeah. that's either here nor there. Look, Andy, we've kept you a long time. I want to ask you final question. Um, who do you have in the Super Bowl this year? Who's your pick? I knew you were going to ask me that. And I hate this question. Well, you got to, um, you got to answer. It's, it's let's go. Uh, okay. Um, let's go Packers. I have to. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'll do, I'll do Packers Bills. Okay, I'll do Packers Bills. Hey, hey Andy, bef- before Rams, but that's a, a Packers Bills is this. Let's okay. Believe in Green Bay. Let I, I'm actually with you. Uh, before you go, I just I wanted to give you a chance just to shout out your brother. I, I've I've seen you talk about him, and yeah. um, you know, born with cerebral palsy, and your your parents apparently just held incredible vision. Who just I've never met your parents, but they seem like the most amazing people. So. I just thought it was really cool to learn about that part of you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, he's a big, and I tell everybody this, he's a big reason why I kind of started doing those videos because he, if you don't know his story, you'll have to go look him up. His name is Johnny Agar. Um, he, he has this mentality that anything is possible, and he was born with a disability that limits his everyday, you know, he, he has to be helped um, to, the, to the restroom, and he has to be, um, you know, he has to give, get food for him and all this kind of stuff. Like, he can't just move like a normal person would be able to move, but he gets up every day with this mentality of just taking on the day. He's written a book. He's, he does these Ironman races with my dad. Um, he has been in an Under Armour commercial. He's just the most motivating human being and the most positive person. So um, if you guys, yeah, I go check out his story. 
story. He's just my inspiration for sure. And he reminds me every day that anything's possible. So what's really cool. What's the age difference? He's 28. I'm 26. So two years. Okay. So he's older. Okay. Yes. Unfortunately, he reminds me every day. (laughs) (laughs) Anything uh, you want to plug uh, here before you go as you're getting ready for the season at Valley Sports? Uh, yeah, if you just follow along on um, any of my pages, it's at Annie Agar and Annie Agar 5 on Instagram. We'll have a lot of content coming up. I'm starting a couple things before this football season that I'm really excited to share with everybody. So, uh, yeah, just stick around with us, and hopefully we'll do some more stuff with you guys because this has been great. No, absolutely. We'll catch up with you. Hopefully at some point here when the Packers have like a five-game lead on the Bears. <laughs> And we Perfect. can bring you on, and then and then Carm can explain to the masters why. I, I can talk about how fun it is to own two franchises. That, that, that's total water off a duck's back. We're 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 not we're not in it this year, but what we're 20, trash. We've always been trash. 20, They're rebuilding. They're rebuilding. Twenty twenty three Bears. We'll we'll we'll, we'll revisit. Just you know, twenty two. We're hanging out. That's what we're doing. Oh man. Yeah. All right. Andy, thanks so much. Really appreciate thanks, it. We'll definitely of catch course. You Thank road. you guys. Be well. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. That is Annie Agar, Valley Sports. Gotten a little bit, like I said, we we share an agent, and Annie is awesome. Uh, really appreciate her coming on. That was that was great. I thought Carm, you brought up a good point. She, you're right with that Big Ten stuff that she does. Part of it is that she knows the personalities of the fan bases so well. So that that definitely is a is a huge portion of why those uh, those videos have done so well. Well, the Northwestern clip is somebody who's like tilting down and looking and as superior as you could possibly get. So, which I love my Wildcats, but we got that going on over there. Uh, And the clueless Nebraska was hysterical and, you know, arrogant Ohio State, all of it. Uh, Yeah. And and USC and UCLA being in there just just absolutely sucks. Uh, that was a ton of fun. Uh, good, good, uh, good, 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 humble bragging. Me and Annie share the same agent, and uh, you hey, know, it's kinda... there's no, there's no brag there. Annie is, uh, Annie's a rock star. It's just that's how I've gotten to know her. Like literally, 20, that's how I've gotten to know her. Twenty six and having that level of success is a hell you of know, a. I will that's say a big this. Time I, I hope I, I doubt you would mind. Um, so, I literally, I mean, I knew of her. Of course, I knew who she was the last couple of years. She's doing those videos um didn't get to know her on on any kind of a you know just a you know person-to-person basis until the last i don't know whatever it's been year or so nine months um and of course she does all those nfl videos she does them every week during the season Maisie, every time like there was so there was one time i was just scrolling through my phone on on twitter and Maisie was sitting with me and and that annie dropped the video and so i sat there and i watched it and Maisie knows all the teams so i thought she'd think it was funny and she loved it. You know, she loved all the different, like, you know, because if you ever watch one of Vandy's videos, she does all these different get-ups, and she goes through the whole thing. And So Maisie thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Like, Maisie made me watch it with her, like, four times. It's like, oh, I love this outfit and that outfit. And I, I could be wrong. I think one of them, like, Annie had, like, a, like, like, put, like a clown nose on in front of the players. But anyway, I, um, I tweeted it out. I was like, you know, my daughter just loves these videos. Like she thinks it's the funniest thing. And Annie actually reached out privately and was like, that's so cool that you know, your daughter really likes that. That's awesome. Um, so that, you know, that was, uh, that, that's kind of 
that's kind of personality. It was really, it was cool. It was fun. Maisie, it would always, you know, like days after, like, is there another video like that? Is there another video like that? So she, she got into it. But they are, uh, they're one of the best things on social media. Those videos, they really are. They're, they're awesome. It was, it was appointment viewing last season. You were looking forward to after that. Yeah. It was, it was always popping up after the weekend. Like who was, uh, what's the angle? Where's she going at? Um, yeah. Right. So congrats to Annie. Thank you. Thanks again uh, for setting it up. And uh, I had one other point that I, oh, I, you know, I, I, to be honest, I was, I wanted to, I, I knew it was Agar, but I wasn't a hundred percent certain. So I was prepping for the interview. I, I, you know, I go on YouTube to see it pronounced correctly. And I came across her Ted talk, which at 26 doing a Ted talk is a pretty good accomplishment. So I do recommend that video is a lot of interesting stuff in there and, and about possibility. And that's where I was learning more about her brother. Cool. Uh, so, so anyway, well, all right, we can move on. You want to go franchise tag here, Let's Brown do and Let's do it. Brown and Bates, huh? Well, so I mean, there are a lot of players on the tag as there are every year. The deadline here is coming up next week. I'm sure we'll touch base on it again next week. There might even be a few guys who come off the tag who get signed. But um, I think probably the guys, and correct me if there's somebody you're thinking of, Carm, um, that are probably the two most high profile are Jesse Bates, the safety in Cincinnati, who obviously was a big portion of that that defense that, that led him to the Super Bowl, and Orlando Brown. Chiefs left tackle, who Kansas City made a big deal for last year, traded a first-round pick, obviously got some picks back as well, along with Brown. But I I got to tell you, to me, those are the guys. Like Those are two players who are great, who are young, who are on contending teams. Like, if you're those teams, I think you have to sign those players, especially Brown, considering he protects Mahomes. Yeah, well, okay. I always look at it like, look, a guy who you're going to make a ton of dough on the franchise tag this season. You play football, right? So there is always the chance that there's going to be some catastrophic injury. You do have to massage the relationship. That's a skill that an organization needs to have. And when you have a guy on a tag who's upset, that's a problem. But to me, you unless unless you have – elite quarterback who you absolutely know that there's no way you're not going to pay and the market is always going up, then you know, uh, to me, you play it out. So I, I, I don't think you necessarily need to sign him for him. I, I think it's, I think it's awkward, but that's where your communication and person, uh, you know, you, your, your well, people skills come into play. Go here's ahead. Here's the problem with that. If you don't, if you don't pay him now, let's say those guys go out in a pro bowl years this season, right? It's obviously very possible. Orlando Brown's been a pro bowl each of the last three years. Yep. You don't pay him. He's going to free agency. Yep. You want to be in that spot where it takes one team that has a ton of cap space outbid you? You have leverage right now if you're the Chiefs, if you're the Bengals. You know, I get it. I get it. But I mean, I'm not I'm not taking that risk. I'm okay, personally, but, no way. Or Orlando Brown is 34 years old. He is not. He is 26 years old. What well, okay. welcome to Earth. Uh, okay. um, Wrong, no. wrong. My my fault. My fault. Terrible, terrible. Quick search as uh, for his age on the fly here because I wasn't twenty six. Sure. Okay, he's on so, a rookie deal. Okay, he's a three time Pro Bowler. Every, uh, yeah, no, I got it. I got, I got it. I got it. I got it. I wasn't sure if he was twenty six, twenty nine, or thirty two, and that popped up thirty four. So okay, so at twenty six years old, you're right. I listen. What, what, what? Why do you think they haven't signed him then, Verdam? What, what is what? Well. 
I know when they traded for him last year, I reached out to a few sources around that situation. I was told essentially play out the year, make sure it's a good fit, make sure everything goes well, go from there. So to this point, it has essentially gone to plan. He played out the year. Both sides, Chiefs and Browns camp, understood that. And I should say Browns camp being Brown because he didn't have an agent. Um, that was understood. Played the season. It was a little bit shaky early. Was excellent as the year went on. Deserved an all. Uh, excuse me. Deserved the Pro Bowl berth. Got the Pro Bowl berth. Um, he is. I would argue, and I've argued this on many radio spots the last couple of weeks. I believe he is the most important player on that team. That's not Patrick Mahomes. He protects him. He protects his blind side. I mean, look, you want to argue Kelsey or Chris Jones? Fine, but he is as important as anybody on that team, not named Patrick Mahomes. And to me. You you pay that guy. Like you pay that guy, man. You just traded Tyree Kill for five picks and essentially 75 million in cap space. You use it on a guy who's in his mid-20s who is a pro bowler on a perennial basis. Uh it, it would be impossible for me to argue against what you're saying. Cause I mean you can because I'm right. Right. You are. You are you are on this one, buddy. Uh, listen, look at we can pick a bunch of uh examples, but I'll I'll just do the anecdotal Chicago Bears angle. Last year in in August, they had to go out and get Jason Peters at 39 to play left tackle. And they're and what are they doing right now? They're they're flipping around guys hoping to find someone and they got a fifth round tackle in Braxton Jones, uh, who's sitting there. So you do you want to be in that spot? No, you don't. And and uh, even if you don't have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. I get it. Um, so I, I don't know, but you know, it's the same thing for. I guess the Bengals are in, in less of a dire. I mean, we're talking about a safety versus an LF. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Yes. So I, you know, I, I I hear you, man. I I don't know. You're 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 dialed in over there. What what are you hearing from uh, Chief? Nothing. Lee? Nothing. Absolute radio silence. Um, which, by the way, I would surmise everybody's hearing radio silence because you've seen no reports on this whatsoever. Part of that is because Brown has an agent who's never negotiated an NFL deal before, so you're not going to get a lot out of that end of it. And the Chiefs have been very buttoned up about it. So, um, look, I, I think right now, by the way, here are the players who are on tags. So Orlando Brown, we've talked about, it's on a yep. 16.6 million. David Njoku was tagged, but signed a long-term deal. So that's taken care of. Jesse Bates, we've talked about him. Mike Gesicki of the Dolphins. Um, I could see them playing out the tag there. Look, you know, obviously any of these guys could sign. I'm not ruling that out. I'm saying, you know, he could – there's a world where he had 780 yards last year. Maybe if you're he or the Dolphins, you say, look, it's in the best interest to play the year out. Dalton Schultz, also another tight end, Cowboys. Does he play the year out? Does he sign long term? I'm going to try to do a little bit of work on that. Um, but he, you know, he's somebody who you look at and say, okay, you know, could, could he sign long term? They just lost Amari Cooper. Um, so those are the guys to watch. Of course, Devonte Adams was tagged. He he has now moved on and signed. Godwin, same deal. He he was tagged, um, and I, I believe Godwin was signed. So there's not a ton of guys to watch. I mean, it's really it's the tight ends in Dallas and, and, and Miami with Kasicki and Schultz. It's Bates and it's Brown. So, you know, some years there's eight to ten guys. This year there's there's not. There's just a quartet. Of all those guys, I do think Brown is easily the most imperative. Easily. And what's your what's your understanding of his personality type? Do you think it will impact him? I don't think his personality type's any issue. Okay. Uh, no, no, he's, he's well, that could be. Yeah. 
That could be another. Accounts, I've never heard a bad word about his personality. So right. Well, I, I'm I'm not saying in a way that that's why they haven't signed him. I'm saying in a way that that's maybe like a positive almost that he can handle playing on the franchise tag. Is how I'm I saying. I think he it. could, but I think any player feels that that's disrespectful, right? So especially sure. if you're him and you're a three-time Pro Bowler. You know, it's one thing if you're a guy like I kind of just meant, mentioned, right? Like Schultz or Gasicki. I don't know that you're that upset. You're on the tag. It's a it's a big number. And if you go out and have a really good year, you're just going to make more money. Yeah. So, I, you know, Brown, I think, has earned that money. Bates has earned that money. Gesicki and Schultz are very good players. But I think you can make the argument, look, you know, you'd like to see him have another really good year, so on and so forth. I think those guys, it's a little bit different than for Bates and for Brown. And for Bates, I find him interesting from this standpoint. Well, two, actually. The Bengals just made the Super Bowl. The whole talking point around the Bengals is always their offense, but their defense is better than their offense in the playoffs. It's not arguable. They were better. Um, secondly, the Bengals, rightfully so, have forever had a stigma that they're cheap. They have never spent money. Now you've got a guy in Bates who's coming up, needs a contract. The Bengals have typically, unless you've been A.J. Green or Andy Dalton, and maybe there's one other guy I'm forgetting, they do not spend money. The last couple of years, that started to change. They signed Trey Hendrickson. They went out and signed Mike Hilton. Okay, they they, they went out and signed D.J. Reader. They've spent real money. Now, they have not been money bags, but they, compared to what they've been, has spent real money. Well, they continue to do it. For one of their own, who Joe Burrow, by the way, has publicly spoken about the fact that he thinks Bates is a big part of that team. I think they'll get it done. I think if for no other reason, A, is a damn good player, but B, it shows a change in Cincinnati that they are willing to spend money that they were not willing to previously. So it's just there's no excuse nowadays to not spend money with the NFL salary cap and what teams are making. And you just how do you manage your cap, right? Right. Uh, so I, I, I'm just thinking back of teams that went hist- historically cheap, but the way the NFL changed, like it's it's almost hard to have that tag on you anymore. But uh, it's, it's it's true what you're saying about Cincinnati. That's where they've always been. All right, let's move to uh, some quarterbacks here. Bigger year, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. That's a tough one, man. Super, on that car. Su- super tough one. Big issues. Yeah, I understand. You're going you're going big here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I get. I. I listen. I, I guess. I at the end of the day, I'm gonna bet on the clutch factor uh, and the talent of uh, of Joe Burrow. But I. I do worry. I just feel like that body is uh, on the always on the verge of getting cracked and 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 missing games. So it's a, it feels risky. But I'll, I'll go with the dude that was in the Super Bowl last year just to get even better. All right. So I'm also going Burrow. And I think it depends on your definition. If you ask me who I think is going to throw for more yards, I'd probably take Justin Herbert. If you ask me in an overall sense, who has the better year, I'm taking Joe Burrow. And the reason is I think the Bengals are better than the Chargers. I know there's this, there's this weird thing. Look, the Chargers are really talented. Okay, If you took their top 10 players and you matched them up against any other team's top 10 players, they might have the best 10. You could really make that argument. Here's the issue with that. The rest of that roster, not great. Not great. Like, you get past that top-line talent, 
And there's a lot of questions. And in the NFL, guess what? Guys get hurt. It happens. The Chargers have a million guys in those top 10 who get hurt all the time. I believe more in the Bengals because I think they're a deeper team. I I, I love their offseason. And by the way, I like the Chargers offseason too, but I, I love the Bengals offseason, filling out the offensive line, adding to the defense in the draft, guys like Dax Hill. And I think the weaponry in Cincinnati, I could make an argument they have the best weapons in football. I mean, that team's loaded. you got a great receiver in Chase, a really good one in Higgins, a very solid one in Boyd. You've got Mixon. They did lose Uzama, who I think matters. But the line's now better. I, I do think it's close. You could argue it either way. But if we're talking the totality of the year, I think the Bengals are better. And I, I do believe in the Bengals more than I believe in the Chargers. Yeah. I mean, if you, you, if you had me bet – uh, whatever dollars are left in my wallet, all Don't three of bet. them. You've already lost on this. Well, you got to give me, gotta give me some direction and I can't wait to send you some food or maybe I'll just do it on my own for next, for next week. Let's just, I'll just go off the board. In fact, Ver- Verderam, I'll, you will be getting a delivery next week for the show. Good. So unless you want to make it, unless you want to make a request, it's going to be whatever I figure out. So just, if I don't hear from you, something will be coming up to your door in Verderam land. Uh, next Tuesday at eleven o'clock. Okay. All right. I, I just if if you had but if I did bet the three dollars on who's going to throw for more yards, that part of it I would take Herbert. You're gonna, would, you know, yeah. yeah. You're you're gonna be. I would think you're gonna be chasing more, and and you're just gonna yeah. throw the football more overall. Not to go, uh, off, the, not to go off the board, but I think it's interesting. Um, what percentage would you give the Chargers to make the playoffs? Just to make them, sixty-one percent. Do you, do you think – I think we're both on the same page based off this conversation. Do you like the Chargers better than the Bengals or no? I do not. I, don't, I, do I not. just – the Chargers fascinate me, man. Chargers – if you told me that team was going to go 12-5 and five and make a deep run, I'd be like, okay. If you told me the Chargers were going to just go 8-9, and nine, <laughs> I mean, how could you not see it after all these years with this team? Like, you definitely could. Yeah, and also logically – this should be another big jump of a year for Herbert. I, I should be. Yeah. Third so, year. so what does that look like as far as how many wins and what they can do in the playoffs? If I'm a Chargers fan right now, I am super excited. I can't wait yes. for football to come yes. around. I'm not a. I am not. Uh, I'm not dreading the season and thinking we're going to go eight and nine, nine and eight. I'm, I'm dreaming it big. However, we're talking about logical plays here, and and I'll take Cincinnati over the Chargers. Uh, Certainly right now. All right. Uh, running backs for around bigger 22. Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor. Hmm. Uh, South. Both yeah. guys. I think, I think it's pretty fair to say two best running backs in football. Yeah. Um, I'll take Derek Henry. I think he'll have to, I think the ball will be in his hands more than Jonathan Taylor at the end of the, at come t- the end of 2022. But tough, you know. I, I guess I'm I'm being optimistic that the Colts are going to make a major jump at quarterback. Let's go! It's time. You can do this, Matt Ryan. Come on, buddy. Well, 30, Thirty-seven years old. You're going to take a little bit of the load off of Jonathan Taylor. So I, I've got to, I've got to go Henry for two reasons. I and you kind of outlined them. One is the Colts are actually going to have a quarterback, and I think they're going to throw the ball more this season. So just based off that, I think Taylor, it, it becomes less of a burden on him. Now, you could argue it the other way and say, hey, maybe he faces less defenders in the box. Sure. Henry, on the other hand, 
might get he might be the first running back to get 650 carries. Like that <laughs> team is gonna just be like, here it comes. We're running the ball on first down, second down, third down, maybe fourth down, the occasional fifth down, ninth down. I mean, they they don't have AJ Brown. Traylon Burks, no idea what he's gonna be. Robert Woods is fine, but he's not AJ Brown. Julio Jones was a bust last year. He's gone. Like, they're the only way to me I wouldn't take Henry here is if you just think he gets hurt. I mean, that that's it. Because otherwise, I'm not kidding when I say this. He might set an all-time record for carries in a season. You have an extra game now. You've got a quarterback that they don't believe in. I I, I don't. I mean, every every time you watch them in a big game, it's evident they don't believe in. They're terrified of him making a mistake. I could really see a scenario where he averages, I don't know, you know, 20. I, because what what's the right? I think the record's like 416. So if he averages if he averages 25 carries a game, he'd break the record. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that happening. Well, look, just to give the stats here, in 2013, excuse me, 2013, in 2019, he carried the ball 303 times, uh, which was the most in the NFL. In 2020, he carried it 378 times. Yeah. Which, by the way, that's in one more game. He played 15 games in 19, 16, and 20. Last year, of course, he was hurt, played eight games, carried it uh, 219 times. But if you, in eight if you, games. In eight games, right. Eight so games. If you, Man, so if you were, pace for 440 carries. More, more. If he said 438 well, through 17. Through, you're right. You're right. 17 games. He, he's on pace for what's 430 whatever. More, more, about 470. So I'm, so, I'm telling so, you right now, if he if he stays healthy, for 17 games, he's breaking that record. We should have Heisler. Heisler's just getting back from his vacation as a slacker. But next next, next week, Wazer ask him that. Like, are there odds on the board for Derrick Henry breaking Larry Johnson's all-time record for rushing attempts in the year? Because I'll tell you right now, the injuries are the only thing that would stop it because he's going to break that record otherwise. You can take that to the bank. Well, and the, the scary – well, I don't know the scary part, but like the the interesting part, I guess I'll say he averaged five yards a carry in nineteen five point one, and then it was five point four in twenty twenty. Now he dropped off by uh, a yard a carry last year, but I, I think we could put a little bit on that him coming back from injury. Yeah. So I, I, you know, how much do you how much do you try to preserve Derrick Henry for the long term versus just running him into the ground? I, I bet that they'll choose to run him into the ground. I don't. Yeah, I do too. So, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, David Montgomery this year, bigger year. Gonzo, I'm going with David Montgomery. That's another guy that's going to get the ball a ton. I, I would, too. I would, too, because the Chiefs are going to just share the BH and Ronald Jones and McKinnon, and also the Chiefs have Andy Reid as a coach. So they will run the ball like eight times a game. Uh, team more likely to make the playoffs. We're in New York. Jets or Giants? I, you, uh, I mean, you got to say the Giants, don't you? You do, you do. I have, uh, but I. The reason I put this on there is I have seen a lot of people lately that I I, I respect and maybe I have less respect for now, who are like all in on the Jets. I just do not understand how anybody's in the Jets. I know a couple of weeks ago I read off their schedule on this on this podcast. That team's lucky if it wins five games. Their schedule's insane. Like if you haven't seen it, if you missed a, a couple of podcasts ago, first of all, where the hell were you? Second of all. Go look at their schedule. That schedule's impossible if you're the I, 
they're seriously lucky if they're two and eight. After well, I, I, let me let me rephrase. I think they will be two and eight. They're lucky if they're better than two and eight. You catch a break with the Browns, you know, Deshaun Watson, uh, and and Cheeto Freaks. Right. Better question would have been which team deserves to be in the league, Jets or Giants. The answer is and just contract them both. But yes, the Giants to me are the answer. Dable, first year head coach, did a great job. Buffalo, Josh Allen, can he have a similar effect on Daniel Jones? I don't think so, but I wouldn't rule it out completely. I also love that they brought in Mike Kafka over there as a QB coach, uh, who was with the Chiefs. Now he's the offensive coordinator. Like the Giants defensively are not going to be very good, I wouldn't think, but offensively, they've got a lot of talent. Like the Giants offensively have a lot of weapons. So if you can straighten out Jones, Maybe you got something. That conference is not nearly as good. The division is not nearly as good. So I would take I would take the Giants all day as being the hey, you know what? You fix the offense, you win some shootouts, the division's crappy, you go nine and eight and you're a seven seed. Yeah, I don't know if I quite say the division's crappy because I think Dallas is pretty damn good, but we'll we'll see. Uh if they can somehow I guess I should say it's crashing to what I think are in the AFC or I would argue the maybe the AFC South is weaker, but Washington yeah. is not. Good. No, it, the, the Eagles are good. I don't know if they're great, but I, I think they're good. And the Eagles are good. Dallas, I don't know what the hell, man. Dallas, I don't know. I could see them being really good. I could all see them winning nine games. Yeah, listen, in its totality, I would I'm not arguing for the NFCs, but I, I do think I do think for the Giants to jump ahead of Dallas, that would be I'd be stunned. That, well, I don't think they'll do that, but yeah. could I see them being a wild card team? Like if everything went right in that conference, maybe. Yeah, right, right, right. And we're also we're, talking we're talking long shots. We're not the, yeah, yeah, we're talking about yeah, we're talking about the Jets. So I'll 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 go with uh the New yes. York football giants. Uh all right, that by the way is uh, a great full circle for the podcast because you mentioned Mike Kafka. You know where he went to school, buddy? Northwestern. That's right, pal. We started with this with little Big Ten. Go cats. What's up, Mike Kafka? We've I really see packed you. a lot in this show. Uh, we've gotten through uh through all of our topics. We had Annie on, Annie stayed for like a half hour super nice for us so we have uh we got we got a lot uh we got a lot in the rear view but we still talk about one thing and carm that is nba free agency and everything that's <laughs> gone on carm look the people demand it at this point at this it's like a bit now they know it's coming the knicks overspent on jalen brunson i look forward to him being a guy they try to trade in a year and a half um look he's fine he's you know like he will, he will have like eighteen points a game, and he'll be good, but he won't be what everybody in New York expects him to be. So that'll be a disaster. The, yeah, the, the Knicks and everything they did to clear all the capabilities to bring in Jalen Brunson and do tampering along the way. That no. who knows what the NBA is going to do there. Nothing. Uh, it, but yeah. yeah, they might they might do a little bit of something that could cost them a second round pick, but we'll see. The only thing that really is interesting to me, or the biggest, I shouldn't say it like that, the biggest interest that I have is the, is the Durant part of, of the world right now yeah. in, in the NBA. And uh, I'll, I'll break some news for you, Werner Ram. I'll oh, go, I will, yeah. You know, there are teams that are trying to trade for Kevin Durant or, or the, uh, that are being offered Kevin Durant, and they're saying no. The New Orleans, uh, uh, Carm sources tell, are telling me that the New Orleans Pelicans have offered both uh, have have been offered. Do you want Kevin Durant? Give us Zion. No. Give us give us Brandon Ingram. And the Pelicans are saying no. Hey, New Orleans, wake up, dude. He's still Kevin Damn Durant. I understand he's a pain in the ass, and this is super ass embarrassing. I mean, really, you you 
you're a guy that's supposed to just be about, you know, just hoop. Well, dude, Kyrie is right there for you, and you, you got Ben Simmons. You, you, you really need to go somewhere else. You're upset. I, 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 and by the way, your series with the Celtics was actually pretty damn close, even though you got swept. You lost by a total of 16 points in the four games. I, as, as a Knicks fan who has nothing to live for in a basketball perspective, I want the Nets to have to run that thing back. I want to watch that as Kyrie's moping around. She doesn't want to be there. And Kevin Durant's moping around. She doesn't want to be there. And Ben Simmons comes up with some injury on on Halloween that keeps him out for six months. I I want to see that all play out. Well, how about this? I'm here for it all. How about it plays out differently? How about KD's like, please, trade Kyrie exactly where he wants to go, send him to the Lakers, and give me Russ. That's right. We're going to prove. Dude. He's shot, man. He's he's, he's not so shot. He, he he just he carried the Wizards to the playoffs the year prior. That was a terrible situation for him. He's not – dude, uh, and he, he – okay, I'll give you a 26% chance that he shot. But even a shot, Russ, Russ is going to play. Russ is going to play his He'll do that. Off. He'll play hard. I'll grant them that. No doubt. Right. He'll play his ass off. He'll be there. Whereas Kyrie is going, you know, he'll read something on Twitter and then be like, you know what? I'm not playing tonight. So screw Kyrie. Uh, send him where he wants to go. Get rid of his ass. And then you have Russ on the last year of his deal. And, and, and I, hey, hey, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. I'm not, we're not trading you. We got you for four you know, years, buddy. So this is actually, this is where I want to conclude this. I did a spaces on this because this riled me up to no end. I don't know why. It just did. It is what it is. These are turbulent times. Okay. Look, I do not understand the NBA's thought process with star players demanding trades. If you're a guy who has one year left on your deal, I get it. Okay. You want to get something back for the guy. It's going to leave anyway. Sure. Kevin Durant demands to trade through his representation. And the Nets just instantaneously, according to everybody who covers the league, is like, okay. We're going we're gonna to investigate it. We're going to figure it out. Why? He signed for four years. If I was a general manager in Brooklyn I'll and tell I got that ball, hey, he wants out. I mean, that's fantastic. Anything else? Because unless he's sitting out the next four years and he's won a forfeited salary, he's playing in Brooklyn. That's what's happening. What is he going to do? What is he going to do? going to retire? He's not going to uh- do that. I'll tell you why they're willing to trade him. Uh, it, it's the same reason why, and I don't want to get too political here, but it's the same reason why we have the gun laws that we have in this country. They, If you trade him and you're in the Nets, then that whole organization just bought about four more years versus, oh, you went out and spent this much money and, and we suck and you're all fired. So if they're, if they're able to, it, they, it just would be simply based on job security. We get rid of him. We got to rebuild. I get to I get to live in the sun here and make millions of dollars, whatever whatever the salary is for the GMs and 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 I mean Steve Nash, what an absolute disaster that dude is. Uh, yeah, as as right, a right. I, I love Steve Nash, but yeah, NBA he's overwhelmed, right? Uh, who so could have seen that coming? It it would it would buy their management time is why they'd be you willing know, to do these, it. These teams, it's even like the Ben Simmons thing, and I give Daryl Morey credit with that. Like Ben Simmons did. Everything possible to get out of there. And Daryl Morey was like, I'm not trading you until it makes sense. I don't care. You can sit there till kingdom come. I am not trading you. And they ended up getting hardened for him. Now, you said if you want about Harden, that trade looks pretty damn good for Philly right about now. Uh, so that, that, I, yeah, that trade I was mean, phenomenal. I just, 
I don't understand in the NBA this constant, like almost like held belief that gotta move him. We gotta move him. The guy wants to. I would tell him if I trade you, I'm trading you to Sacramento. That's where you're getting traded. That you want out? You want out? Because that's where you're going. Like, I don't care. Like, we're not, I'm not in the business of doing you a favor if I'm the can you imagine if Josh Allen in the NFL tomorrow with the Bills was like, I want out. The Bills are like, that's cute. See you at training camp. Like, there's no way they would trade him. Right, right. No, I, I, sure, I'm with you. Hey, you signed the deal. You're, you're going nowhere. See you in training camp or, or not. You will just, right. we don't, just, we don't give a shit. We, yeah. you're not going anywhere. Would you like to retire? Cause that's what will happen. Like, it's, yeah. I just, I'll never understand the NBA being so, they're so terrified. Like, we, we, we've got to give in. We've got to give in. Now, Kyrie, I trade him in a heartbeat. That's a whole nother story. But Kevin Durant, there's I'm, no I'm, way I would trade Kevin Durant. That's insanity. When, when you can't figure it out, just follow the money and follow the job security. Which well, lastly, is quick, how do you feel about Andre Drummond? Uh, Andre Drummond is, 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 old and bad and 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 not exciting but i the bulls have had a very stick to the core that's right we believe in demar we believe in zach we we believe in uh lonzo ball to come back healthy but not fully because we're going to go sign goran Dragic for for one year so they're they want to see what this team can do uh and and the nba like like you have to the nba is just different now there's no real "Quote unquote rebuilds." You have like three, four-year windows, and the Bulls are in one of their three, four-year windows right now, where they're going to see how much they can squeeze out of out of this core. That's and so most likely they're a middle of the conference playoff team that's not a disaster, and they make Jerry Reinsdorf a couple dollars, and the United Center's full, and there's there's they're they're relevant. That's that's what that's what's likely to happen. Or you know Patrick Williams turns into a superstar, and all of a sudden, and and teams get hurt, and the Bulls have a 14% chance of pulling off a miracle. I mean, look at the Celtics. Nobody had them in there. Um, and by the way, on that note, I just want to shout out, Jalen Brown had a much better playoff than Jason Tatum. That guy was uh, – Yeah, not even close. And in the finals, it wasn't even close. The guy was the guy was straight incredible. Um, and Vertorad, people are commenting, Cheeto Freak, love you, buddy, uh, and Jay Ward and Gonzo for your your spaces on July yep. the 4th. I, listen, I just to put in my two cents, first, I love that you speak on that stuff, um, and it's always – it's a very um, split group as to whether or not they appreciate um, um, my commentary. It's, 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 it's amazing there's a split group out there that uh, when we talk about actually trying to make the world a better, a safer place, that it's a split group. But it's a split group. This is the insane world that we're living in. I grew up in Highland Park, Illinois. Uh, I'm in that downtown area. I At least twice a month taking my dad to Walker Brothers Pancake House, which is across the street from there, which, of course, I wouldn't have been doing on July 4th. Uh, and that's got nothing to do with anything. It's just, um, you know, uh, it's it. We if we haven't learned by now, uh, of course, it can happen literally anywhere from Uvalde to Buffalo to Highland Park to all all the ones that uh, that that I'm forgetting about right now because there's a zillion of them. I mean, it, it's 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 just uh, it's just sad and 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 tragic. And we got a two year old kid. Whose both parents got got now got, orphaned. He's now was an orphan. I mean, you know, sorry, buddy. We're, we, there's absolutely nothing we can do, and and we did this. 
we absolutely did this and 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 you're going to grow up you know you i don't know if you'll ever remember your parents which might actually be uh on some level a slight a weird you know blessing to like he's so young that he maybe doesn't remember this but like at some point he's just going to be sitting there like oh my this is he's the right you're going to find out just just incredible just absolutely incredible and and um, i i just so 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 damn sad yeah we're at the end of the pod and so if you don't want to hear this that's fine turn it off um i don't i don't feel bad about saying that um listen there is this trope of people this 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 trope from people of a certain mindset who will sit there and yell at you till the end of their lives if you don't love this country, if you're not happy with this country, leave it. To that, I say, I do love the country. I want to see the country get better. I believe, as an American, our, our ideals are the best in the world. But we don't live up to our ideals. We, we, do not, we do not reach our potential. And this idea of, like, that you can't ever change anything because then you're un-American. That's like saying if you have a foundational crack under your house and somebody came over and said, hey, look, if you don't fix the crack, your fucking house is going to fall over. If you do fix the crack, things will be good again. And I said, nope, I'm good. I'm not fixing that crack. I'm not changing the house. I mean, at some point, how much of a moron do you have to be to not just understand like, no, 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 there's clearly a problem here and let's let's call it what it is look i say this all the time so i don't feel bad saying it now most politicians most not saying every single one of them most they're bought off it is what it is um and and by the way for the record on both sides but in this case and this issue the republican party is bought off by the nra and until that changes nothing's going to change there's not a soul in the world who honestly thinks who has, who has eight brain cells to put together, that this isn't a problem with gun violence. These people who come out with, well, you know, it's a, it's a crime problem. It's a, it's a problem about security with doors. Everybody who says that knows they're full well, of shit. Every single one of them. Well, hold on. They I, can't address the real problem because if they do, they'll lose campaign money and they'll lose their 48 vocal voters in their district who are going to scream and yell and they don't want to hear it. And that's the bottom line. And that's why that two-year-old now is an orphan. And these same mopes and these jerks who scream and yell about their gun rights, by the way, who most people, 99 point some odd percent, who are responsible gun owners, I don't have a problem if you own a gun. You know what? You guys should be the ones. You guys should be the ones who are screaming and yelling for more regulations, for better gun control, because the day is going to come in this country where nobody's going to be able to get guns. If you're a responsible gun owner, you're the one with the most to lose in this. Like, I don't understand how nobody can see that. But again, money being bought. Here we are. It's a tragedy. It's senseless. And unfortunately, in this country, it feels like a daily occurrence. A, a red whip. I see your comments. We're, no one's saying that if they ban AR-15s that we're going to live in a perfect world. Okay? But let, let's not let's not make perfect... Uh, the goal here. Let's make slightly better. That how about that? And and we used to have an assault ban in this country. We had it for ten years, and then it went away because there wasn't because of everything Verderam just named. So, look, logical steps to make things better. I I don't understand um, 
exactly what people are fighting for. And of course, you know, we want our freedom. And then there's the complete and utter hypocrisy of you can't have an abortion, but then let me have my gun. It's just, it's really utterly incredible what's, um, you know, some of the narrative that, or what's happening, period. We're going in the wrong. It, we're, I, we're, I, I, uh, yeah. I appreciate Ray Whip's, uh, you know, commentary here. He, he says, for people who can't see, you can still get guns even if they ban them. So what's your solution? My solution is look at the rest of the world. And these countries that make it really hard to get guns, not impossible, but difficult, through restrictions, through laws, through regulations, through licensing, through training, through testing, Just, th- these countries universally do not have a problem with mass shootings anywhere near the scale the United States does. And, and right, and, and we're not the only country that has mental health issues. That would be the everybody world. Everybody in the world does. And I, I mean, it's, just, it's enough. There's one commonality between every single shooting in this country. One, a gun. That's it. And by the way, I'm not anti-pro-A. I am pro-2A. But I am, I am also pro-common sense. It needs to change. I have no problem with somebody having a gun. I have no problem with somebody having a right to defend themselves and arm themselves. I do have a problem with somebody having a weapon of war. That is nuts. And if you need that in your day-to-day life, I suggest you get fewer enemies. That is bonkers. That is not normal. And Uh, this country has to change so kids stop growing up without parents. So Jim Bob, Danny Frank can have an open conceal in Kentucky and walk around with a shotgun. That's nuts. Well, There's no basis of logic in that. Well, in this, uh, what's what's been reported is in this That's case, the, the 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 dad the dad went and authorized his kid to get this gun, and he, he I mean, he they knew right. what, what they knew what what issues his kid was having. And I'll throw I'll throw this one out there too. That bird room, we can say goodbye and thank you so much, yeah. and uh, for for watching. And I know this is a conversation that some people want to have and some people don't. But he. Um, Highland Park is, you know, it's it's very privileged, right? I mean, Michael Jordan lives in Highland Park. Well but, to do. But, 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 but let me explain. Highland Park is not it has different pockets in it. It's not all super rich. So I always did wonder, like, how a kid who has less and and I don't know exactly know their financial situations, and this doesn't always come down to money, clearly, but. A kid like who who has less and is, and is coming to school and he sees all these you know wealthy kids with nice clothes and nice cars and 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 the popular group is maybe shunning him and I I've always wondered like it, that cannot be easy in in HP because just it and 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 bullying happens at any school anywhere so there I do think there is a conversation that can be had uh, or should be had about how. Um, you know, young people uh, can be better to each other, well, but that is a that, that is a th- right. That is a very nuanced and and incredibly challenging. Can we make a two percent better conversation? This is more of a let's do logical things to make the world safer. And yes, it's not going to be perfect, but uh, it it should be better. And I, I so I don't. That's all I got. Yeah, uh, awesome. It, it's sad. It's tragic. But I'm I'm done not saying anything, and I'm done listening to these bullshit arguments about that you you know hey well if if we ban guns, criminals are going to get them. Yeah, well the Uvalde shooter, the Highland Park shooter, they got them legally. They got them legally. And then you also hear these arguments about well you know if if, if there's a good guy with a gun, there were plenty of them in Uvalde, and they sat in the hallway. 
So spare me. My yeah, best it, friend in the world, the, the closest thing to a brother I'll, I'll ever have, is a police officer. You know who'd like to see? Like you, you know how pissed off he was after what happened in Uvalde? How ashamed he was? A furious. I mean, the, the angriest I've ever heard him. And now you look at Highland Park. Look, that you know, I, I've seen some people say, "Well, you know, the police were there. How does it? How, how does that happen?" Because you're you're in a parade. No, nobody's expecting a mass shooter on a on a rooftop at a parade. Like you have to, if you're pro police, which let's face it, most people who are pro gun are pro police. Okay, I am very pro police for the record. Not that they're perfect because they there are plenty of issues there, but I have a ton of family that's in the police, has been the police, retired. Okay. If you want to help the police, help them by getting some of these guns off the street. Help them. And it is what it is, man. The whole thing's disgusting, but I'm not going to sit here and listen to BS arguments. You have common sense. You want to come to me with an argument? I'm, I'll hear it all day. I'm not. I'm not here for the BS. All right. Let's 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 uh, let's, let's say goodbye. All right. Uh, hey, Jay Ward, Cheeto Freak, Red Whip. Whoever else is in here that I'm not Gonzo, love you, buddy. I saw a bunch of ton of comments coming. And thanks to Annie, by the way, for being on the show as well. I'm sure she's still watching. She loves this program, damn it. Um, we are back next Tuesday at eleven. Um, your next Arrowhead Attic podcast is when, Vertoram? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, in the afternoon. I'll I'll shout out a link when we go live. And uh, we got we got plenty to talk about. Training camp is right. a few weeks away. The Windy will be fun today at five. Jay Cutler was in town playing cornhole. We started the show with it. He's, he's got some interesting comments, so it'll be a good one today uh, with myself and Herb Howard. Feel free to hit that subscribe link. Duh, Windy City. Thank you very much. Burram, good to be with you, brother. Have a great trip to New York. When are you going? Two weeks from today. Two weeks from today. Okay, so we'll talk about that next week. All right, have a great day, everybody. Thanks so much. Okay. Five o'clock on. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.